They sure bring a lot of life to this house. Um, there's usually about a month in between the times that we have internships or the school. Um, and now we've actually got the second internship, which is for the night watch. And so we've got two internships. So we've got students here who are so hungry for the deep things of God during the day and during the night. I can't think of anything more exciting, can you? Anyway, they make me want to burn brighter. I think that's why God called us to be a tri-generational people. That it's not just um, the young people with all of the zeal. That it takes all of us. It takes those of us with the wisdom and the young with the zeal and then the children to help us learn how to be like a child. So it really takes all three so that we can understand the picture of what God's doing in the earth. Amen? So tonight's message is called, To Know Him is to Become Like Him. And I, I, I want to start by talking to you about climb. I was reminded in prayer about the movie, um, Lord of the Rings, the first one. Woo-hoo! Yeah, there we go. Mason likes it. Um... The part in the first one where Frodo has got the ring and he's been carrying it for a while and he goes into this cave. Um, they've fought a monster and, and Frodo, it took a lot of courage for him to go on this journey to begin with because he was the smallest and the least of the tribes. Um, he, had the, he didn't know how to fight, so he wasn't a warrior. So what did he have? He had the heart to be able to carry the things that God had for him. He had the heart, the humility, and the meekness to be able to make the journey. And so he was the one that could really carry the ring. When he gets in this cave and he begins to really think about the journey that's set before him, even though he's come so far already. And the Lord was reminding me this, that this is really kind of where we are right now. We thought we We've come so far on our journey, and it's taken a lot of courage from a lot of us. And there's also a lot that's set before us that we're now looking at, and we're going to kind of have to take another breath. And I felt like that tonight he wanted to say to us the same thing that Gandalf said to Frodo in that moment when Frodo was beginning to draw back in fear and thinking about returning home to the Shire. And Gandalf said to him these words, What will you do with the time that has been given to you? What will you do with the time that has been given to you? You see, there's no time. God invented time, not for himself, because he's eternal. And there's no time in heaven. And he created the earth with a night and a day so that there would be a beginning and an end. And each one of us has been allotted a time for our human experience. That's right. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. Well, that goes to the church as well. There's a time when Adam and Eve came upon the earth and God created it, and there's a time when he's going to take us 
into another reality. But it's the same thing with you. When you die, you don't die. You're just transferred into another reality. Because God is eternal and he made us in his image. So therefore, you can never die. Just like God can never die, you can never die. No man will ever die, but every man born will live eternally. Some of us with God and some of us without God. And so I want to talk to you about this tonight because I feel like there are many in the body of Christ who have grown weary. And the time that we've been doing church and we've been laboring for the promises, we're looking, beginning to look at ourselves and beginning to look and evaluate everything that we have and saying it's impossible for me to get to where I am or where you're taking me. It's impossible for me to get to the places that you've promised for me. But God is saying, but, Frodo, this is, this is the journey that I've called you to walk on. And it's through the revelation of Jesus that is going to help you to get there. So what will you do with the time that has been given to you? The summary of the human experience is to know him and to become like him. And this statement may actually seem a little strange to some of you, but this, we are called to be made in the Lord's image. And so we are called to be from glory to glory. And how do we do that? How do we, how do we go along the continuum of life, which is time, and if you have a timeline of history from the beginning of time to the end of time, we are the generation that have been put in the last days and in the last time. And as it was when Jesus came and they walked in a greater level of revelation, so it is for this time and the days that you're living in. So if we are to be conformed in the Lord's image, this means that we will become like His nature and we will become like His motivation. We will have the same motivations that He had and function in the same motivations that He had and we will function in the same nature of God. And what is nature? What is the nature of God? What is the nature of God? Love. Right. It encompasses all of the aspects of the nature of God can be summed up in one word, and that word is love. Now, what is love? Love is an emotion, isn't it? You know, now with companies, they would rather hire someone with a high emotional IQ than they would a high intellectual IQ. You know why? Because they find that those that have a higher emotional IQ, those that are that are steady in their emotions, they are a steady employee, and they can find solutions to problems. And they go, and they, they, they're good at the ebbing and the flowing of life and all of the difficulties, and they're able to handle all of the stress that comes along in the workplace. But those that have the intellect and not the emotional maturity, 
They can't handle what is brought their way, and so they just crumble under it. And they don't. They can't work as a team. They get defensive. They become angry. They shut down. And so then they've got to deal with these people emotionally and begin to, you know, begin to minister, not minister to them, but I guess they get in counseling or whatever. But so, so businesses over time have found that they really want someone that is, that is grounded. They don't even know it, but they're looking for someone that's rooted and grounded in life. They're looking for the people that have become like the image of their father. So God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yet He's revealing Himself through the person of Jesus Christ so that you and I can grow to become more like Him. You know, if you, again, if you look at the timeline of the history of the church, what God has done is He's revealed Himself through different um, generations, right? So he's broken in on different generations, and he says, here's a revelation of who I am, and it caused the church to change. And then he'll break in in another generation, and he'll say, here's a revelation on top of that revelation of who I am. Right? Well, when Jesus came, let me tell you who Jesus was. He was considered to be what they call a rabbi, right? They called him a rabbi. But he was a different kind of rabbi. He wasn't just a teacher, but they called him a mikha, a mikha. That means that he was a teacher or a rabbi that functioned in a greater level of revelation. And so he wasn't just teaching the Torah, but he was adding revelation to it that the body or, or the, or the people of Israel had never heard before. And what it was doing with that fresh revelation and that fresh fire, it was causing a whole generation to, to come along. And in them, what they heard and what they saw, they responded to and became like what the revelation was calling them to be. Does that make sense? So when the Father releases the revelation through the Son and the Holy Spirit to a generation, you will actually become the revelation that He's releasing. And what happened in that day was that there were, there were the Pharisees who had become accustomed to the old way. And so when the new revelation broke in, they were so steeped in doctrine but they, they couldn't hear what the Spirit was saying. That's why he said, Blessed are you because you can hear, your ears can hear what the Spirit is saying for this generation. And that's how he, he laid the foundation. That's why he said to Peter, On this rock, on this rock, I, the, the revelation of who I am, I will build my church. As it was then, so it will be with the last generation, as it was with the first generation, because he is releasing in this day tikmas, tikmas who have and carry the revelation. But it's not just one person. It's not just a dozen people. It's an entire generation now that are going to have access to this level of revelation that is going to culminate in the coming of the Son of God.
So his disciples were called the Talmudim. These were the students that followed the rabbi so that they could become like him. They dropped everything in their lives because of the revelation. Because these guys, John the Baptist and Jesus, two men that were walking in this higher revelation in that generation, they've gone 400 years without even hearing the voice of a prophet in the land. And here these two guys step on the scene and they said, let us tell you there's a new way coming. And so it's going to be with this generation because he said, listen, there's a lot. Jesus said, there's a lot I want to tell you, but I can't tell you now. I can't tell you all of what I want to say because, because you couldn't handle it. And also we know in Revelation 10, and we know from the books of Daniel that there was a measure that was given to the first church, but the fullness of what God has to say is going to come in the last generation. And to those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, and people who are not so sold on the doctrine of the last generation that they miss what the Spirit is doing today. Because what do you do? A lot of times, look, you, you take a look at... Um, a lot of the breaking in and the breaking in of revelation that has come over the past 2,000 years will have a breaking in of revelation, and the whole church will come around that. It'll cause a shift in the body of Christ, and everybody will begin to function differently, right? Well, what do they do? They stop going to heaven for the fresh revelation, and they build a doctrine around the revelation that was a hundred years ago, and then that revelation through time becomes this dogma that's boring and dry and has no life on it. You realize that statistics show us that pastors today only spend 15 minutes a week in prayer. A week. And we're called to get our daily bread. What does that mean? That means that daily, you're supposed to be getting a revelation of who Jesus is so that you can see the Father. And, and what, what it does is revival happens in your heart so that you can then go share that with everyone around you. Timeline of God is being wrapped up into a last generation where the fullness of man will be because of the fullness of the revelation of God, Ephesians 4. We think God is altogether like us and we've made God in the image of man. He is the uncreated God. He doesn't think like we think. He is not like we are. He is not a man. When, when he said he made us in the image, when God said, I made man in my image, it wasn't necessarily that he looked like John physically, but he made him in the image with the nature, that he put his nature in him. He put within him a curious nature so that he would seek out God and want more of God. And when we're not doing that, what do we do? We get fat on the things of the world, don't we? And then all of a sudden, the hunger that we have for God begins to get dull. Because we preoccupied ourselves and we filled our bellies with entertainment. And we filled our bellies with, with all of the things that the world has to offer. And we've stopped 
going to the place of prayer and going to the place of getting getting wet by the revelation and the love of God. Second Corinthians four six says this: For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. I'm going to read that again. For it is. The God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And so we all lived in darkness, and every time that we go to that place in prayer, we have to think of it just as you would. You're about to go on a really hot day. What do you do when you know that you're about to go be with someone and you're so excited about being with them? You think in your mind, as a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. You think about that time that you're going to be together. Women, you think about what you're going to wear. Men, you remember to put on deodorant. Praise the Lord. Okay, but you think about it. Men, you think about what can I say to her to awaken her in love? How can I romance her? How can I cause her to come alive? What is it that we're going to talk about? How can I discover more about her? Same thing with women. You know, how can I? What am I going to wear? How am I going to do my hair? You know, how can I make myself beautiful and pleasing to this man? And so each one of us, and you can take both of those, and if you combine both of those realities, that's how we should approach the time of prayer. Because we are actually having a time, and we're being romanced by the lover of our soul. And what does he want to do? He wants to do the same thing as when you were first dating your husband or wife. He wants to say, "Watch this. Here's an attribute of my nature." It's going to cause you to fall more in love with me. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Romans 10 says, For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. See, as this revelation knowledge of God increases, the true church will begin to shine. Because revelations are super in, supernatural encounters with God. You cannot get a transformation opposite the revelation of Jesus Christ. You cannot be transformed into His image in any other way other than the DNA of God. It comes through the revelation of Jesus. It, it doesn't come through a list of things that you pray about. And it doesn't come through a dry and boring word. But it's actually the living God that comes up out of the word and becomes one with you so that you are transformed in that moment into his likeness. Revelation, when accepted and yielded to, begins the process of transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass, 
the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. We tend to forget that Jesus is returning for a perfect bride. When we look at the church today, we see in the natural this kind of seems impossible, right? Especially in America. You're like, okay, I think we're like in trouble because we're not looking like the bride. I'm just saying. But you know, right before the darkest hour breaks in the light, right before the dawn is the darkest time in the evening. And I believe that God has reserved for this nation a great harvest and a great outpouring that's going to go all over the earth. Turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Anybody that's getting married? Take note. First Corinthians 13. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I am known. Okay. I want to talk to you about this because a lot of, in the body of Christ, what they've done is they've actually attributed a lot of this to when Jesus comes back. This is going to be the dispensation. That we, once we get to the other side, then we are going to see him face, we are going to see him face to face. And all of these things will pass away. But I believe that Paul is saying that when we're young and immature, we only see in part. Our understanding is limited. When we are a child spiritually, we will understand as a child spiritually. It's not that we won't walk in great faith and we won't have great zeal, but he's talking about a maturity that has to be, that we have to function in in order to obtain this perfect knowledge. Paul goes on to say, that which is perfect is come, or when we reach this maturity, we don't see the things as a spiritual child anymore. Okay. Now, theologians say that this will happen after the time that we've already gone over to the other side, after Jesus returns, or we go there, or he comes here. Okay? That's what they're saying. But often this passage of scripture, while it's placed in this timeline, I believe the context of the scripture does not indicate this. Look at verse 11. It's talking about the growth of a child to maturity. That's the context. Paul is saying next, let's look at verse 8, that the knowledge shall pass away. And this word knowledge actually means intellectual or natural knowledge. Paul here is talking about the coming place where intellectual and natural knowledge no longer has a hold of us in our understanding. So, if I have the understanding of Jesus and it comes in a natural way and not a spiritual way, it is not revelation. 
I believe that Paul is saying that there is coming a time when you will grow up and understand that these things are spirit and not of, of human nature. You cannot have a revelation of Jesus but by the Spirit of God. So I believe that is what he's saying here, that once we grow up, we will grow up into the place where our minds will begin to mature spiritually, and everything will go through the Spirit and not the carnal mind. Because he says this in Romans, he says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is therefore, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So he's saying, look, your carnality is not going to get you to the place that you need to go. You can't look at doctrine, but you have to come alive in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when I started my walk with, with Jesus, I used to have this uh, cool life, and I used to get a revelation of Jesus through man. So I depended on what somebody was telling me. They were, they were telling me about Jesus. And... So I was going to all of these conferences, and I thought, well, if I go to more conferences, then I'll get more information about Jesus. And um, But I wasn't really growing up. I wasn't maturing. I was staying immature. I was functioning in gifts, but I was really immature in my life. I was really immature in, in being and becoming the image of God. How many of you can, do y'all know what I mean? Remember, I mean, how we've all gone through that? And and then I, I went up to uh, IHOP, and I was listening to these guys talk about Jesus. And they weren't talking about Jesus. They were talking, they were sharing Jesus. Jesus was coming out of them, and it was hitting me, and I was being transformed. They would preach, and I would weep. And I thought, there, there's something different here, and I've got to figure out what you're doing. Because Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? He's not saying imitate me. He said imitate me as I imitate Christ. So as I am like Christ and did what he did, I mean transformed into his image, to imitate what I'm doing. So I'm watching what these guys are doing, and I'm like, okay, they have a prayer life. Okay, I tried really hard to have a prayer life, and man, I was hitting the wall every time. It was it was the most horrible thing that I could imagine God telling me to do, you know. And then He kept telling me to start a house of prayer, and I thought, you you hate me? I mean, I want to go do something fun, you know. I want to go prophesy over people or do the stuff, you know. All those people I had invited, you want to put me in a house of prayer? But yet I'm looking at the fruit of all of these people. And their lives are alive, and they're alive, and they're like these burning ones. And I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this whole prayer thing. And I, I, I got so desperate for what they had and to be with Jesus the way that they were. That I thought, can't just be for them, you know? It can't just be for the guy that's got the microphone. There's got to be more to it than that. And so I started praying, and I asked God, because I didn't know how to pray, so I asked him to teach me to pray. And he began to show me, not how to pray, but he began to show me himself. And then he began to show me me. 
gifts that we did in the place of prayer became the most life-giving place on the earth and this side of heaven that I could possibly imagine. Now, my whole life is designed around my place of prayer. Everything that I do is ordered around this time with him. It's my most precious and most valuable resource. It's my most, it's, it's, it's the greatest love affair. It's the greatest experience of my life. And it's the place that I've come alive. And now I go back and I listen to these guys who are preaching these amazing, incredible words. Like, I'm getting what they're getting. See, God didn't love me less than he loved them. I got to get the same revelation that he was giving to a Mike Bickle or a Heidi Baker or a Chuck Pierce. I'm hearing and those same revelation. Because I'm a daughter. Because you're a daughter and a son. And so it's this place that God has called us to be in this last generation that we would come to know the knowledge of God, not through the carnality of our mind and not through the, the devices and trickery of men or, or the doctrines of men, but that each one of us would go to that place and say, this is my portion of revelation so that then I will become like you. 